We stand here and we have the audacity to light up the world, to light up candles against the backdrop of darkness. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. Have you started to notice all the Christmas lights going up? Despite everything happening in the world, those twinkling lights are sending a message saying we are going to face the darkness and we will defy it together. Today, Father Tom Hurley gives us the courage to hope as we start Advent. Before I came here to Old St. Pat several years ago, I worked for the College Seminary here in Chicago. And uh, I actually had the job that Father John Cusick had at one time, Father Jack Wall had at one time. I seem to be kind of following, if you will, in kind of their footsteps and bringing me here to St. Pat's. But the uh, job that we all three had at one time in our lives was we did the vocation work or the, the admissions and recruiting, whatever you want to call it. And um, what, I would, what I did for six years uh, is I would go often during the school year and I would go to different schools, Catholic schools throughout the archdiocese and talk in classrooms, talk to individuals, uh, tell my story. Uh, it was kind of, you know, talking about the church and the possibility of Catholic priesthood. And, and that's what we did. In fact, I remember when I was a student at Marist, I remember John Cusick coming uh, when he had that, that role as well. And so I was very great. I'm always very grateful to John. But I remember going from school to school and classroom to classroom and Oftentimes they were long days, and, but also it was kind of repeating the same story over and over again, and I repeated my story and talked about my own, I guess, vocational journey and growing up on the South Side and growing up in a very Catholic family and living across the street from my parish church and school. People of St. Pat's have heard me say this time and time again, and, but I, I also used to tell as part of my story, uh, I used to tell them about loss. And I told them about significant loss. And I'd be talking to high school students and saying, yeah, when I was your age, I was 16, I, I lost a sister uh, who was a young adult. And then a couple years later, right before I graduated high school, one week before I graduated, I had a brother who drowned in Lake Michigan. And so my family lost two in two significant tragic ways in a very short period of time. So I told them that story, and I told them that not to not to gain their sympathy, but more importantly, to just tell them that, you know, I was so grateful because of being part of a church and being part of a community and being part of a, a neighborhood that cared and, and had compassion and, and talked about the heroes that lived across the street who were the Catholic parish priests and the sisters of St. Dominic of Cincinnati that came to our aid and surrounded us and just talked about how inspiring that was in such a, such a powerful way. Well, I told that story over and over again. And I remember one time in particular going down to Mount Carmel on the south side at 64th and Dante. And there I was in a junior classroom and just doing what I had been doing as part of my routine. And then after I speak, I always invited the students for any type of conversation or any questions or comments or whatever. And, um, and one kid raised his hand and he said to me, he asked a question, he said, why do you still believe? And I was, like, I was stunned. I said, excuse me. He said, why do you still believe? 
And I, I could feel myself kind of getting flushed and breaking out in a sweat a little bit because I had never been asked that question. And not least not after this, this routine, this song and dance that I did time and time again. And yet he had the courage and really the insight to say, why do you believe? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you talked about some significant loss and losing a sister and a brother. Your family went through tremendous tragedy. Why do you still believe? And I was like, wow. I've never been asked this before. I felt like I was kind of pinned up against the wall. And here I was standing in front of these juniors in high school and it was kind of like, all right, Hurley, put up or shut up. Why do you believe? And I said, well, and I was tongue-tied, and I, I said, well, I said, we lost twice. And I said, I guess the reason I still believe is because I don't want to lose a third time. That I don't want to lose God. I don't want to lose my belief. I don't want to lose my faith. Because I said to him, then, then what else would we have? And I remember driving home s stunned and pondering, and I guess it wasn't even just driving home from Mount Carmel, but it's obviously many years later, I'm still standing here pondering that same question and still thinking about it. So while perhaps you might say, well, that's a repeat story, yeah, on one hand it is, but it's also something that I continue to gnaw on, and it's something that continues to challenge me, and it's something that continues to awaken something in me. It's something that I continue to ponder. Why do you believe? I think about that today, especially with all of us. All of us here, all of us, wherever we are in our domestic churches. Here on this first Sunday of Advent, this, this season that they call a season of hope, and this season where we light a candle or we start lighting up trees, and, and in many ways we have the audacity to bring light and to talk about hope in the face of a year that has been awful, awful. We stand here and we have the audacity to light up the world, to light up candles against the backdrop of darkness when we have mourned over 260,000 Americans and so many, other, so many others worldwide. I don't even know what the number is anymore. But we continue to see this devastation and we continue to suffer and we continue to ask questions and we are isolated and we're alone and we're scared and we've got masks on and we have to keep our distance and, and so many things that we normally do we can't do right now and we just came through this abnormal Thanksgiving and we're starting this abnormal type of Advent I guess and so maybe some of us might be pondering the same question, why do you believe? And why are we doing this? But I guess in some ways, maybe that's kind of what Advent is about. It's about hope. It's about light. It's about a light that stands in the darkness. Or as Jack Shea calls it, and maybe he'll use it on Wednesday, but he, calls about, he talks about a defiant Christmas a defiant Christmas is one that says that there is light that we're going to string on trees and lights around an Advent wreath and light that says we're going to face the darkness and we're going to defy it. Darkness will not win. We believe because Christ is the light and Christ is the one who wins. 
And Christ is the one who defies the darkness of sin and division and death. And if we don't believe that, then I guess we can turn off the cameras and we can empty out this church. But we gather here because we keep believing and we keep struggling to believe. It's not always easy, but we continue to ponder it and we keep challenging ourselves. Back during the time of apartheid in South Africa, when there was this awful segregation and injustice between black people and white people in that area of the world, it's told or it is, it is said that Christians used to light candles and they would put a candle in their window as a sign of hope, as a sign that they wanted this injustice to end and the government got angry and they then outlawed candles in the windows of homes. And children used to poke fun at the government and say, our government is afraid of candles. And indeed, they should have been afraid of candles because instead of weaponry and instead of, um, instead of using any type of uh, firearms or violence, what did the people use? But they used light. And those candles stood as a sign of hope that we weren't giving up. Hope is not something like hoping for, to win the lotto or hoping necessarily that, you know, that, uh, that something comes to us immediately, but hope is a posture. Hope is an attitude. That's why we have this light and this hope. It's an attitude. It's a posture. Ronald Rollheiser, uh, from whom I stole this, uh, says, to light a candle as an act of hope is to say to yourself and to others, that despite anything that might be happening in the world, I love this line, listen to this, you are still nursing a vision of peace and unity. I love that line, you're still nursing a vision of peace and unity based upon something beyond the present state of things. And this hope is based upon deeper realities and powers than the world admits. To light a candle is to state publicly that you believe that what's real you believe that what's real and what isn't is ultimately determined by powers and issues that go beyond what's seen on the evening news. To light a candle is an act of defiance. And so we gather this day amidst all the darkness and amidst all of our challenges amidst the questions that we ponder, like why do we still believe? Because we don't want to lose. And so we light up trees and we light up wreaths and we light up our streets and we continue to walk with each other as a people of hope. Fragamini also said that one of the things you can do in a homily is you can, you don't even need to talk about the readings if you don't want to, you can even talk about some of the prayers. And in a few moments, I'm going to read or pray for us the preface for the first Sunday of Advent, and there's a line in there that basically, it, it talks about this vision and, you know, Christ came and took on our humanity. And then there's this great line that says, you know, of this vision in which we now dare to hope. So we dare to hope. And as we gather during these days, may we be defiant, may we dare to hope, may we continue to walk with each other and encourage one another. That's why the lights this year are probably more important than ever before. So may the light of Christ, our hope, 
May the light who guides us through the darkness continue to be with us, strengthen us, and guide us on this holy and and on this holy and treacherous journey. Time now for announcements and events. The First Friday Club of Chicago will host Ibu Patel, founder and president of Interfaith Youth Corps, on Friday, December 4th at noon. Drawing on his personal experience as a Muslim in America, Ibu Patel will examine broader questions about the importance of religious diversity in one's culture, politics, and economics, and how we go about building interfaith America in an era of division. To register, visit firstfridayclubchicago.org events. Interested in learning more about the ways you can take care of your mental health during a pandemic? Join Dr. John Duffy for his At the Crossroads lecture on Monday, December 7th at 7 p.m. Register at bit.ly slash atc John Duffy. Join us for a candlelit Christmas concert on Friday, December 18th. Deck the Hall has been an old St. Pat's tradition for over 25 years, and this year you can enjoy music by the Metropolis Symphony Orchestra, Joanne Doherty Jazz Trio, Old St. Pat's Choir, and more, right from the comfort of your own home. And thanks to our generous sponsors, we're excited to offer the Deck the Hall concert to our members at no charge as our gift to you. However, we hope you'll consider making a free will donation to participate in the Giving Tree to bring Christmas to people in need. For all the info and tickets, visit oldstpats.org slash deckthehall. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the live stream mass on Sunday, November 29, 2020 by Father Tom Hurley. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. I'm Kate Anderson. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Thank you.